0: Welcome to Exposed. Real people, real stories, uncensored. You'll hear it all as well as secrets from your host, Samantha X.
1: When I read Libby Hopwood's story in the weekend papers, I knew I had to meet her and I have met her and I am with her right now. Hi Libby, (laughs) it's a pleasure to meet you. Libby is a former jockey, sky racing presenter, and now in a bold move. And we like bold moves on this show. She set up a raunchy, and I want to say racy, racy, ha ha, get it? It's a bit of a dad joke, Libby, sorry. <laughs> get used to those. Only fans account called foxy.miss, where she offers racing tips in her lingerie. She's also lucky to be alive. In 2014, Libby survived a horrific racing accident where she sustained broken bones, a punctured lung, and a serious bleed. her head thank you god you're still with us libby libby is one of those strong women i'd really admire she owns who she is without apology and she's working hard to break stigma something i know a lot about particularly around body image where like me she's had her battles i won't say too much more because i want you to hear it from the horse's mouth (laughs) another dad joke sorry libby these are really bad Uh, (laughs) thank god you're laughing already libby i'm really pleased you're here welcome thanks for having me (laughs) so libby is a former jockey And she has recently set up an OnlyFans
0: account and it hit the press, didn't it? It did. I started an OnlyFans over a year ago and I posted one photo that had no identifiable features on there and I chickened out. Not the boobs. I was playing the cello and I had a wig on and it covered everything and it was a beautiful photo, but you can't see anything. Why that look? I think it's just because it covered everything and I I love my cello. I I felt beautiful when I was playing the cello, so I thought it was a... beautiful picture without actually showing I've anything. I've seen a picture of you actually with a shallow, but I don't think it was I'm that one. an appalling player, but I love the thing,
1: so it's fine. So were you just were you testing the market or?
0: I don't know. It wasn't even really a market thing. It was just, I'm obviously somewhat of an yes. exhibitionist and I yeah. enjoyed the idea of doing it and then I chickened out. So It sort of sat there and I didn't do anything with it. And then five, six months ago, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it again. And I've got the support of my partner and I've been more open about it this time. It's a bit of a dynamic shift. Excited about it and happy to put it out there.
1: It takes a while to get there. I remember when I was thinking about being an escort, I was dancing around it for so many years. Like I was so intrigued by that world. And I'm sure you understand about that world, this world. I danced around it, made phone calls, didn't Didn't follow through, forward, back, forward, back. And then... You know when the time is right, don't you? You know, I knew all my ducks were in. What is that expression? Ducks in a row. That's right. I always get expressions <laughs> wrong. So I think it's an. Also, oh, it's a menopausal a thing. Bucket. Yeah, ducks in a bucket. Is that right? <laughs> no, um, <but> <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. And then I thought this is the right time. So you must have felt this is the right time.
0: How did you get
1: to there? I want to know about your story oh. too. Did
0: you like? Did you interview any escorts and no, decided this I didn't is know, interesting? I didn't know a no. single
1: escort before i became wow. an escort not one i didn't know anything about the industry really but i didn't know anything about australia when i moved to australia yeah. i just you know landed didn't know anyone thought this is where i'm going to live from now on this is my new home so that was a bit like that was sex yeah. work i didn't know a soul wasn't in my circle at all but I thought was I knew. Is that liberating?
0: Not I- having anybody around you th- that knew. You. I you think it's be- easier.
1: Yeah. I think it's easier, isn't it? Did you know anyone doing OnlyFans?
0: I have friends now that do OnlyFans. There was nobody in racing doing OnlyFans. And I knew there was going to be a stigma around that because racing is a dinosaurs game. So I knew that was yeah. going to be an issue. An old- it seems to be an old man's thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's surprising how much support I've gotten out of that. There's been a few people that have had a backlash. One of my trainers who I have a great deal of respect for it. I've worked for him in my other role with horses for years. He had a quite a visceral reaction to it. and was what, like, was, what was his reaction? He was like, what the hell are you doing? And threw his hands up and walked off and sort of didn't talk to <laughs> me. And, and so, then just Googled you and yeah. your OnlyFans account. He was sort of dancing around the fact and then sort of made me feel bad about it for a little while. And then he was like, oh, like how much have you earned? And I told him, he's like, oh, and he hasn't said anything about it since. Right.
1: How old is he roughly? In his 40s. Right. So, not that old. Not that
0: old, but sort of has old a- Old school. Yeah, old school. Old and he school. comes from racing and comes from a conservative background. And it's been interesting watching him go on that journey too, because like he knew me for years before that. But yeah. he obviously doesn't agree with it. We don't talk about it now. But yeah. he. Well, it's actually not his business. That's right. Yeah. He's not a subscriber. It's got nothing to do with well, he him. probably is. It's so. under a fake note. Yeah. <laughs> He
1: probably is. Look, and I, I'm sure, like me, I realised that when I went public, a lot of criticism, a lot of judgment. So and much, I, and I worked out most people are hypocrites.
0: Yes, you know. Do you agree? You would have seen that. I've seen. I've seen so much of absolutely it. Absolutely, seen that. There's people that are going to have a go at you, and then in the one vein, like everybody's the got blanking their- off to porn. Yes. Madonna whore complex, you either you're a good girl and you behave and you toe the line and it's amazing. And you get bracketed as that good girl and they treat you accordingly. As soon as you step out of that, you're a whore. And then that opens you up to the vitriol of what comes with that. Yeah. People always are lashing out, especially against our bodies and our sexuality, because that is the most weaponized thing against women anyway. It's our power. Yeah. It's the easiest, it's the cheapest shot that they can take. They can't attack me for my beliefs because they don't know my beliefs. All they know is that I've got boobs and now I'm getting them out on the internet. So it's an And making money from them and making good money from them. Yeah. It's low hanging fruit. It's easy to take a shot at it. And those people aren't going to be my subscribers. They're not my clients. I don't care what they have to think. And the work that they need to do to become a better person to be nicer in the universe, they're not going to do that. So there's no point me getting upset about what they want to spew back at me. But Mm -hmm. my clients and the people that do subscribe, nine and a half times out of 10 are just beautiful, lovely people. And your boyfriend. And my boyfriend. Who absolutely loves it's me. It's a number one fan. Yes. Libby, I just wanted to get into a bit
1: about your background and your childhood. How did you become a jockey? Because I know that would have been hard as a female, as, as a beautiful female as well.
0: The idea to become a jockey was quite an easy one for me because I grew up in the country riding horses. Horses were all I knew and loved. I grew up with my stepfather and he had camels and he raced the camels. What? What? I wasn't ready for that. Camels? Camels. I was a camel jockey.
1: Really? I didn't even know you had them in Australia. Yeah,
0: we've got camels. There was a whole racing industry when I was a kid and we would...
1: Is this in Broome or somewhere?
0: Sorry? Is this in Broome or somewhere? No, South Australia, Northern Territory, Queensland.
1: Wow. (laughs) Okay. I didn't... That's something I've learned today. Yeah. Okay, so camels.
0: We'd come out of school, my sister and I. We left school for about six months every year. We'd get in the truck with the camels and we'd travel around the camel racing circuit Racing camels. Right. And also doing uh, treks with tourists through the desert. Are they different like to that. horses? Are they Absolutely. Personal- how? Yeah. Are they a bit moody? They're a bit more moody. They're much more belligerent. They're much more opinionated and they don't give a shit what you think, whereas <laughs> horses will try to please you.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think I'd, I like horses right? better. I'd be a bit scared of a camel, I think. Don't they kick you as well? They do. And spit they spit at you.
0: They can kick all four directions with all four feet. So a horse is usually back legs and like they can swing around a little bit, but a camel. Wow. Like they have such a big radius if they want to get you. Have you been kicked by a camel? Yes. Oh. Where? All over the place. Right. We had one camel called Scraper. I don't know why, but he hated me and he right. would always try to stomp me every time. He probably secretly fancied you. I He hated me. <laughs> Absolutely hated me. All the other camels loved me. Bill was difficult with everybody except me, but Scraper hated me.
1: What was it actually like as your childhood? Were you happy running through the grass, riding camels?
0: It was a bit all over the place. I grew up with my stepfather. My mum left us early. Um, So your mum left you? Yes. Okay. How old were you then? I'm not sure. She sort of came in, in and out of our life for a while, but she ended up leaving us with my stepfather I actually don't know the age. i probably asked my sister. My sister has a weirdly photographic memory of random things, so she would probably know the age. So we were with my stepfather, my sister's father, for a long time. I was having some issues there, just butting heads. I knew I was his stepdaughter, but we never really spoke about it. It was like the big elephant in the room and I felt like I wasn't really wanted there. And we've since spoken about it. And he was like, you were always my daughter. I never thought of you like that. But it was just this butting of heads that was happening because we weren't addressing the elephant in the room that I wasn't his daughter and Grace was. And I felt like I was an outsider.
1: Right. And in your mum leaving, that would have been traumatic.
0: Yeah. So mum left and then I ended up moving back in with her because she was having some mental health issues and I wanted to try to help. So I moved in with my mother for a few years and was finishing high school around then as well. I started my apprenticeship when I was there, actually. Apprenticeship in? Horse racing. So I started my jockey apprenticeship there with my mother Yeah. and then got offered a position in Adelaide So with my apprenticeship. So I moved up to Adelaide and when I moved up there, I didn't hear from my mum for about two weeks and then she sent me a message saying her partner had bashed her. Oh, my God. What? Drove back down and to where she was. And you knew the partner? Yes. Right. Were you surprised by this? No. Right. But I drove back down to where she was. The injuries were bad enough that he was put in jail. Shit. Australian's domestic Lizzie. violence laws are abhorrent. It's very hard for them to either go to prison if the woman doesn't want to press charges, and most people in domestic violence relationships don't want to they press charges. They don't press
1: charges, do they? So or they?
0: Or they retract the charges. Exactly. Mm. So these men are just able to, own women, but these people are able to do whatever they want because their partner is trapped in this DV situation that they can't get out of. So thankfully, not thankfully, but her injuries were bad enough that police were able to go above her head and he was put in jail and deported eventually. But I went back down and was organising all that, was getting his shit out of the house. She was doing her thing and I was running backwards and forwards to the police station sorting things out. You were the adult basically. Yes.
1: Did you swap roles?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. I came home from going down to the police station to sort something out with him and she was trying to bring you stuff back into the house. Oh my god! So we had a, a rousing blue over that and I gave her the option she could choose him or I me and she chose him. So I walked away. Well, that's painful. And then I moved up to Adelaide and started my riding career. I had like a hard-ass bitch exterior, I guess, around me from that and cultivated that which worked really well in the racing industry because you do kind of need a little bit of a hard shell, I guess, for any male-dominated industry. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, my childhood
1: wasn't perfect. When you go through something or when you have dysfunction, what you've been through, it hardens you up. I've always said, if your mother hurts you, no one else has the power to hurt you, do they? Yeah. Ever, really. Because if the primary carer yeah. doesn't show you love, no one else has got a chance. And that's help.
0: a massive wound in itself because for a long time, I thought I was unlovable. Because right, same, my same. biological father didn't want me, my mum didn't want me. Right. Who should love me? Yeah. So it's, it's fun. It's Have you like, done a lot of therapy on that? No. I've just done lots of reading, lots of thinking, and just lots of work, I guess. I should go to therapy. I push friends to go to therapy all the time. It's like, it'll be good for you. And then I've never done it. So I'm a hypocrite. In but
1: that. you can talk about it openly, which is a big yes. thing. And you can see it. Yeah. And you can recognize mm-hmm. that it has made you the way you. And Absolutely. it's not a bad
0: thing necessarily. It's not. It's not I, a bad thing, is it? I am proud of who I am. I did model myself largely on being the absolute opposite of my mother, which did create a lot of issues around sex as well, because she had a very unhealthy relationship with sex. So I had a very unhealthy relationship with sex and a very unhealthy relationship with men and control. What did sex
1: and men mean to you when you were growing up? Control and... Yeah, I kind of relate to yeah, that.
0: Control and fear and anger. So yeah. why just keep them at arm's length and just do my own thing?
1: I just saw men as sexual. That's So I didn't yeah. have men, no. boyfriends. They weren't providers. No. They weren't
0: confidants, yeah. they were
1: partners, they were just yeah. sexual creatures. How did you break into the racing industry? Because it's male dominated right?
0: It is. Adelaide is actually quite a bit more open than what we see in Sydney and uh, Melbourne. That surprises me. Yeah. Uh, we had a terrific female riders prior to my generation. Really, really good riders and probably the, the most prolific one the generation before me was Claire Lindop and she was like instrumental in, in breaking those barriers open yeah. for girls in Adelaide. So I didn't get a whole lot of the, the backlash associated with riding as a female in Adelaide. What kind of backlash would that have been? Well, it's it's just the the associations that as a girl you're not as strong as the guys, which is bullshit. Like strength is mitigated on a horse. You can only be so strong. You can only hit them so hard before it's like counterintuitive to what you're trying to do. But it's the age-old stereotype that the girls aren't as strong as on a horse or the girls are this and the girls are that. so. I branded myself as a very strong rider. I got a name being good with difficult horses. You had experience
1: growing up with difficult people?
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, the horses are nothing, right? <laughs> that's fine. So they don't but talk easy. back either. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did you learn that or did you have to do a course in how to talk to a horse?
0: Uh, is that something you just learnt naturally? I grew up with them, so they were always my best friends. So right. it's just a lot of horses is in intuition and a lot of that intuition yeah. also comes back on reading finer points of body language of the horses and when you spend enough time around horses like you do with people if you're having a chat to someone and their body language shifts like incrementally you are picking up on that instinctually aren't you so you know it's there mm-hmm. so how you interact with people that's how I interact with horses right Fascinating. and how a lot of people interact with horses when they spend the time with them a
1: lot of people are scared of horses as well because they're so big it's the power thing yeah
0: like it's Most guys, you know, will be, if they don't know horses, they're afraid of horses because men are like, they're taught that you can control something with power, but you can't do that with a 500 kilo animal. So that's why they're intimidating.
1: Women's racing, what was it like to be a female jockey in a male-dominated environment?
0: It was good. I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed going against that status quo. And I enjoyed carving a niche out for myself as a strong rider. And when people when you say like, strong
1: rider, what do you mean strong? Do it's you mean,
0: your style of riding. It's right. um, so dominant? Yes. Right. That's actually hilarious. I've never put it like that before. But, yeah, that explains a bit. I <laughs> you know what you're like in bed now, Libby. Right.
1: Libby <laughs> <laughs> likes a dominant ride. <laughs> Yes. I had so many <laughs> jokes about racing, and racy industry, and, and you're a racy oh, so OnlyFans. Many,
0: there's so many, there's great so many jokes. I know, so I know. Good. From the
1: horse's mouth, so qualities that you need to have. Yeah, you need to have a tough exterior. You need
0: to yeah, you need to be strong. You need to just be able to put up with people's shit, and mm-hmm. also trust in yourself. Racing also. Again, back to that instinct, it's racing I feel is a mostly confidence game and I feel like this is the only edge where men have over the women as a jockey rather. When you're confident in your abilities, you just roll with the horse where the horse wants to go and it all just pans out and it all just happens naturally because – you're in instinctually going with what suits the horse in that moment. When you're lacking that confidence, you can feel the move to do, but you double think it and you think about it and you'll either talk yourself out of it or you'll miss that, the opportunity. We can't afford to lack confidence
1: with a horse, right. can you?
0: And like when you're trying to make moves in a race, like a half a length of the, the, the gates can cost you a half a length on the line. So if you outthink yourself out of something like that. So you need to have confidence. need to have confidence. It's such like when I was confident and was riding well, I could win on a broomstick and then I would lose confidence in myself and i would start second guessing things and then i just couldn't buy a winner so i think that applies to everything in life doesn't it does. yeah and i think that's you why the, believe men and in the yourself women are like different too because when girls fuck up a ride they feel bad about it and they yeah. beat themselves up and it, it, it carries over into the next one whereas men have that little bit of arrogance so it's like that ah, it wasn't my fault
1: so in 2014 you had an accident mm-hmm. so tell us about the accident
0: we were in a race and when you a, say we just in a race though so yep. Standard race from Murray Bridge Cup Day. Where's Murray Bridge? Uh, South Australia. Okay, yep. And one of my friend's horses snapped its shoulder and came down and the three other riders came down behind her and I was caught up. I was one of those three riders that that came down. Caitlin passed away from her injuries. Caitlin was riding that horse? She was. Okay. And this is Caitlin
1: Forrest. Yes. Was she a close friend of yours? Yes. Okay.
0: So she passed away from her injuries. I had significant injuries. One of the boys broke his thumb and the other one was completely fine. So we we ran the gambit from the worst possible outcome to the best possible outcome. And that's obviously had far-reaching consequences. Like everybody misses Caitlin, obviously. Her loss is felt by so many people in the industry. I... Had career-ending injuries, couldn't go back to it. Tell us about your injuries. I had a traumatic brain injury known as shearing. There's a technical term for it, which I can't remember now, but it's shearing is basically left and right hemisphere of the brain rotating against each other and tearing the membrane down the middle. Diffuse axonal injury. So I had a diffuse axonal injury.
1: Is that like a bleed?
0: I had small bleeds, but that was the main issue, that rotational issue. I fractured my vertebrae my neck, I broke my collarbone and I fractured my shoulder blade and punctured a lung. Shit.
1: How old old were you when that happened? I don't even know now. 26, I think. 27. Shit. And in hospital, do you remember the accident? No. Okay. You don't remember the pain? I'm missing
0: like three weeks.
1: Really? Yeah. Do you remember when someone told you that Caitlin passed?
0: Yes. When your memory starts coming back in from an injury like that, it's not like it just suddenly starts but caitlin's best friend who is now my best friend or is like sort of three of us but her and caitlin were so close she had to keep telling me because i had a goldfish memory so she sort of was dealing with the loss of caitlin and then was trying to support me and she'd come in and ask i would ask about caitlin and she would tell me and then I'd go through the trauma of losing her and then forget and she'd have to go through that again. Wow, so, so you'd
1: forget that she died and so her friend would have to repeat she died, yeah. she which have been have really hard
0: on her. Yeah, she should have just lied to me. but uh, Shoulda, woulda, coulda. It's always easy in hindsight, yeah, isn't it? absolutely. So she, she helped me so much. When I moved out of the rehab, I had to have a carer, so she moved in with me. And
1: Did you have to walk again? or what, what did uh, they- Not so
0: much. I was walking, but I my balance was gone, so I couldn't walk on a piece of foam and things like that and periphery issues out to my left and uh speech pattern issues and lots of different little pieces. Also really cold. You don't know if your brain affects your body temperature, but freezing. I all did the not time. know that.
1: Yeah. It's a very dangerous job, isn't
0: yeah. it? Like I think it's the only sport in the world where the ambulance follows the riders around, so Incredible. And we had a fatality the night before our fall. Does that scare you? It does. Yeah, it does. Lexi and Caitlin were living together at the time, and apparently Caitlin came down from sweating and she's like, Can you believe that girl in Queensland's died? And they were like, Oh, yeah, that's terrible. And then the next day,
1: Caitlin died. Yeah. Oh, that's just awful. And how did that change you?
0: A lot. Obviously, dealing with her loss, dealing with the loss of her career. And then I had a lot of work to do around how guilty I felt that I was upset that I lost my career. Guilt. Yeah, because I was like, This is so trivial. I'm like, why am I upset about this considering Caitlin would have loved to have done anything she could have possibly done. So yeah, there was a lot of work to be done around that and ongoing work with that too. Even with like this and talking about it, I still don't know how to safely navigate this part because it is an important part of my life. And it's, it was a game changer. It was a game changer. It was an absolute fork in the road for me. So it's, it's pertinent to my story and, and something to talk about.
1: Are you scared of going
0: there? No, I'm scared of disrespecting Caitlin and her memory because I don't want to keep talking about it because I don't want to keep bringing it up in front of people that are still dealing with and traumatised over her loss, but then also not talking about her feels it's disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 a tricky thing to navigate, which I, I still don't know how, to be honest. This is probably the most frank I've been about this right. for all in a very long time.
1: I can't pretend to imagine what it's like losing someone, doing something that you love, that yeah. you both loved.
0: You just. Yes, we loved, but even now looking back at it, because I've I've had the eight years of separation that now the racing is a job. I've lost like five friends just from our job. What do you mean lost, uh, Caitlin? There's been other They've riders. They've died. Yes. Oh my god! So you're so lucky that you so survived. Lucky. Racing is amazing, and I love it, and it's my whole life. And then also, it takes so much, and yeah. then it's like. Why are we doing this? We're just chasing horses around in a circle. Why were, why were why were you life? doing
1: it? Because you love it. Yeah, exactly. But it's just <laughs> Do you regret? Do you regret race, going, going into circles. racing? No. Yeah.
0: Yeah, not at all.
1: So what got you through that? Or what gets you through? Honestly, my f- shitty childhood. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank God for our shitty right. childhoods. One step in front of the other. Just keep working. Also, my stepdad. My stepdad instilled. A strong work ethic in me. Mean, He's just a no nonsense country guy and you yeah. just get on with your shit. Still to the earth. Yeah.
1: I love those yeah.
0: men. And those that people. was, I think, a large part of why you just one foot in front of the other and keep going. And I was driven for a long time to try to get back to riding. So I, I tried really hard. To get back. So to they, did they say
1: you'll never ride again? Yeah. Okay. In hospital, they said that to you?
0: No. So I had a hospital and then I had to go to a rehab centre. I was at the rehab for a while and then I started outpatient rehab. And then when I finished sort of two years of that, I was doing progressive t- testing throughout. Racing's sort of cutting edge in the fact that every year jockeys need to sit a concussion test. So when you hit your head, when you have a fall, because it happens so often, you need to pass your own concussion test and able to, to come back to riding.
1: I think footballers must do that as well. They I'm, have sure. To, I'm pretty base. sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I couldn't pass my test. And then I went on to further testing with neurologists and doing larger testing. And the neurologist put it into perspective for me because he had myself, he had a fighter pilot, and he had an accountant. What and we all, the paid, accountant? I think she had a stroke or right. an embolism. Okay. So we're all yeah. brain traumas. Yeah. And myself and the fighter pilot were pretty good at that stage and we're as good as we are going to get. And we were, we were functioning like normal people, just little discrepancies and little deficiencies, but he said he would never pass us to go back to our job because our job is so dangerous. right? right? And if we make a wrong decision, it would affect other people. But the accountant
1: was fine though. Yes. (laughs) The accountant was fine. The
0: accountant was much worse than us and was having like speech issues, having like walking issues, but she was fine to go back to work because her job isn't going to put others at risk or herself at risk. Yeah. I was like, well, that's a fair point. And then it's also the issue that if I fall again. Yeah. Which chances are pretty high. Yeah. And I'm starting from an already quite damaged brain. So if I have another fall and you're f- fucked. fun facts, diffuse axiomal injury is the leading cause of permanent vegetative state. So okay. the fact that I walked away from that is lucky.
1: God, that's heavy. How did you feel when that basically said you can't race? Devastated. Right.
0: Because my whole life at that point was being the jockey. That was who you were. That was who I was. It was it's, it's an entire in, uh, identity at that stage. As it's, our jobs are. Yeah. Quite often
1: are. They define Absolutely. who we are. And it's a lifestyle. Your, your
0: world was a lifestyle oh, as well. And all my friends were racing and all I knew was racing and you have to sort of rebuild yourself from there. And also the fact that it was taken away from me, it wasn't my choice. It was hard. I remember going out to a pub one day and somebody like was like, hey, how are you? And I was like, hi, I'm Libby Hopwood because jockeys go by first and last name. Yeah. And- <laughs> He was like, so professional. Right? He was like, oh, I've never had a first and last day before. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's really weird. That <laughs> ah. so was just re rethinking who I was and right. realising that I am more than just steering horses around in circles.
1: So when you left racing, what happened then?
0: Well, after I couldn't pass the test to ride again, I... Did you think your whole life was over? That was it? Absolutely. Right. But I decided I wanted to get on with things and I joined uni to try to study some PR. Ended up dropping that. And I got offered several media gigs and did a little bit of that. And then Sky Racing offered me a gig and I was super excited about that. I moved over to Sydney and that became my life for the next five years. And I was like, I am a racing presenter. This is the coolest thing How was that? That would have been so cool. I loved it. I, I loved it. I didn't like the bureaucracy of The building loved my job, loved being there, loved my host, loved the people in the control room it was amazing. And then even losing that was like a little bit of a blow, but nothing like what racing was. A few of us got laid off, but it was, I had my, I did actually have my other business and the business that I work in currently with treating horses with post-electromagnetic field, because I did never feel secure there. Just
1: for people who don't, what, what does that mean? The, the magnetic field thing with horses?
0: So I have this awesome machine and it's got a hoop that comes out of it. And then it puts a, an electrical charge up through a copper Coil which creates a magnetic field that expands and collapses. And it how does that help you. a horse? Well, it interacts with it's a human grade treatment, so it works on anything with cells. So it's they call it cellular exercise, but it's like basically deep tissue massage, helps re energize blood cells, helps re energize fascia. Um, I want one, it, it, they're amazing. Can you do one on me? Absolutely, okay. <laughs> that's why I got into it. My brain, I was like, it's there's FDA approvals for treatment of brain tumors and treatment of clinical depression, non responsive your... to chemical therapy. Oh, oh,
1: wow, so do you use it on yourself? Yeah. Isn't it just like a hat or something? No,
0: it's like it's got hoops. You put it on you can feel it in your soul, oh, on your head. It is God. so strange. I love that. It's an expensive toy, so I needed to make a business in how order much was to get it. It was like the first one I bought was about sixty five thousand. The payout that I got from not riding, I invested into this business. Right. Okay. So um, they would have paid you out. Yeah, it was a work cover, but it, it worked out to be like not even a year's worth of racing. So it was it wasn't wasn't groundbreaking. Enough. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, I used that to start this business instead.
1: So OnlyFans, how did that start? Did you just Go home to your boyfriend Ben and say I'm taking my clothes off.
0: I told him I was like I'm thinking I want to do it. And He's like, babe, if you want to, I'll support you. That's I love fine. that.
1: Where can I meet a Ben? Do you know anyone on OnlyFans? Were you following anyone? Or?
0: No. Same with you. Like, how did you get into escorting? There was like, this I just, no, I, just, kn- I just, knew. just, wanted to just do it, and, yeah, right. and I was sick of being not judged,
1: but sexualized. It's not that yeah. I was like, sick of being sexualized. I don't mind being sexualized, but, but I thought I may as well make money out of it. Yes. You know, I know yep. as women we have power. Mm-hmm. I want to make money. I want to capitalize on that. Yeah. And I know in a previous interview you've said. You had body issues yeah. in, in the industry you were in, yeah. and you were judged on your body. Tell us a bit about that.
0: Well, I was always curvy. I've always been curvy. I've always had boobs. Sexy. I've Very always sexy. had a bum and people would always pick on me for being fat, because when I was a jockey, that was, that was fat, even though who I was, picked on you for being fat. Uh, like plenty of traders, but predominantly one of my exes who would get everybody giggling at it and things it's like just that. Boring. so. It's, How did is, you deal with that? Um, yell at people? Good. As long as you didn't stop eating. Oh no, I didn't. Good. Um, If anything, I sort of went the other way. I would eat more. I'm like, "Eh, fuck you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. fuck you. I'm going to put on weight. And even when I retired, the hard part was when I retired, especially because it was a forcible retirement because of my injuries. Yeah, people were coming up to me when I was putting on weight, and I'm like, oh, you've you've been in a good paddock, haven't you, Dal?
1: You know, you survive a life-threatening accident, your friend died, and then they're telling you you're fat. By morbidly obese people as well. It reminds me of a morbidly obese client I had once who sat on the couch like a fat oaf telling me how much weight his wife had put on. And I thought, have you looked in the mirror, (laughs) mate? Like, have you looked
0: in the mirror? Like, are are these people delusional? Yes. Yes, they are. This is the problem. But right. that's what did what did you say to him? I actually was just so shocked. Because I, I don't feel like th- half of your business would have been like therapist, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: More than half. So tell me about your relationship with your body. And so when you left the industry, how, were you
0: zero confidence or? Yes. I was obviously having issues with the changes that my body was having because I was always curvy, but I was always small. And then. Because you're five foot two. What are you, yeah, you're 157, okay. whatever that is.
1: Well, I'm 174, so I'm like the BFG compared to you. <laughs>
0: full long leg lady like I'm short and scaly.
1: <laughs> long legs these big fake tits <laughs> and you're Jessica Rabbit did you feel good about yourself I mean obviously you were recovering yeah. from, a, from a pretty I serious I remember when position.
0: my scales hit 60 just bawling my eyes out right just sitting on the ground bawling my Why? eyes out because as a jockey your worth is connected exactly to your weight how much did you have to weigh like as 52 a j- kilos
1: okay so you put on 8 kilos yeah
0: and it was the end of the world and now I just don't get on the scales my I people. don't even own scales We bought some scales the other day and Ben's like, well, we're trying to measure something for our bags. He's like, do you want to get on there? I was like, no. Oh, my God. No. Why, Ben? I do not have a healthy relationship with those things. No. No.
1: I don't know many women that do. I refuse to have them in the house. I do the jeans test. My jeans feel a bit tight. I'll just eat a little healthier. I just buy bigger jeans. (laughs) That's probably a smarter (laughs) way of doing it and a more expensive way of doing it. So what's your OnlyFans account called? Foxy.miss? Foxy.miss. Okay.
0: Because in our little kinky worlds, I love wearing fox ears. And a foxtail. I feel adorable dressed as a fox. So I'm surprised you
1: don't dress as a horse, to be honest.
0: No, they're not cute. (laughs) I also like how feral and playful foxes are. They speak to me on a human level. Okay. So I wanted to hide behind that. I wasn't ready to put my name to it just yet. So it was foxy.miss. And then somebody in racing found it. And then How did they find it? Exactly. They screen recorded it and sent it to everybody. So a male? A man did that? I'm assuming so. Wow. Uh, but uh, we were actually in Europe on a holiday and somebody sent me a Snapchat along the lines of, can I get a freebie? And this <gasps> is a person that has like hit oh on me a million God. times and I've knocked them back a million times and I was like, what the fuck? So did they think you were a sex worker? I don't know what he thought. I think he was just trying his luck. He's like, you just wanted like free boobs. I'm like, what? And then I messaged my friend who was back in Sydney. I was like, so I think my, because she knew what I yeah, was doing. Yeah. I was like, I think my OnlyFans has blown up. She's like, well. I actually wanted to wait until you were back in Sydney before I spoke to you about it. I didn't want to ruin your holiday, but it's everywhere.
1: Oh my God. Had he hit the press then or not? No. Nope. Okay.
0: She was like, I've been sent a million videos. Like people were screen recording it and sending what, it to video, her. What videos of what, what were you doing? I did. I was really proud of it. Yeah. My first Did you look good? View, did you look good? I looked adorable. <laughs> my first pay-per-view, I did like a storyboard for it and everything. I was like just taking my towel off and jumping in the shower and I, I thought I had like cute artistic shots and I was really proud of it, but- uh, were you doing the racing
1: it? tips then? Or no. okay, so you were just it was just yeah. beautiful images. Yes. Okay. Nude um, or?
0: It was nude, but you couldn't see anything. So the okay, nipples were so just out of shot. And arty. Like, plenty of bum. No, and your face. no kitty cat. All my face. Like everything okay. except like nips and kitty cat, basically.
1: Okay. I love that you call it kitty cat. <laughs> puss, puss.
0: Right? Okay, yeah. And she's like, yeah, so that's been sent to me four million times. So people are sending my right. best friend
1: videos of me. God, people love to gossip, don't they? Like, they the- love to gossip. They they would have dined out on this for months. I
0: found out that one of my bosses sent it to workers that because I met him years ago riding in Singapore. And whilst I was working there, I made really good friends with his head girl there at the time. And we're still great friends. And she rang me and she's like, he has just sent me this video because she also knew I was doing. All my friends knew what I was doing. She's like, he's just sent me this video. It's like a guy that I worked for that I was no longer working for. And she's in England. It's like, why are you sending that to her? You creep.
1: But Why are they not paying you for it? Right? Exactly. I was annoyed. Yes. This is a pay-per-view
0: pay. I don't think you're allowed to do that. I don't think you're allowed to. You're not, but they do. Oh, people do do yes. that. Oh, shit, because
1: I had an OnlyFans account once. So then what happened? Thank God you told Ben about it, though.
0: Oh, Ben was right from the start. I was yeah. never going to do this without Ben. That was hilarious. I had a few people reach out to Ben. Hilariously, when it was in the newspaper, they would reach out to Ben and was like, I've got oh your back. Like, like it's- <laughs> so it's it's in the paper. Like, this isn't hidden. Uh-oh. Um. And then a couple of clients of mine they're like so what, do, what does Ben think I was like who do you think is taking the photos exactly and she laughed and she's like oh it's the hilarious she's like it's like foreplay I was like yeah it is
1: <laughs> you, yeah okay did you always have sex afterwards yeah, yeah. it's great
0: foreplay it's, <laughs> it's great foreplay it's just take beautiful photos he would have loved that he loves it
1: I think it's great yeah. I think it's great when couples can do that together I think it would save so many marriages
0: I actually wanted to talk to you about that okay, because go. like we're in an open relationship so I can I can totally see the dichotomy of divorcing sex from relationships yes huge and, difference and also people can love other people and it doesn't detract from your relationship from somebody. How do
1: you not get jealous? yeah I would struggle I, was, I right.
0: was and we worked a lot through it and we're we're only able to be in this relationship because our communication is so good so we talk about absolutely everything and when we were first doing this we're a little bit different in the sense that we go to parties and we play with people sex parties sex parties swingers parties swingers parties you're so
1: much more kinky than me i mean (laughs) people would think that would be the other way around but i am actually quite shy about this kind of stuff
0: i have a lot of sex worker friends and they're either in the camp of sex work is their job and they're a little bit shy or they're in the camp of they they come to sex parties but it's hilarious (laughs) like like, again the dichotomy of that yeah
1: i'm such a jealous person believe it or not i couldn't cope with an open relationship we
0: we play differently so when we go to these parties, I quite like to connect with people on a physical level and play with them. Sexually. Sexually. Men and women? Yes. Yes.
1: Oh, I hope you think I'm. (laughs) Uh,
0: You've got my number. (laughs) So, yes, men and women. And also, hilariously, when I was younger, women would hit on me. All the time. Stop
1: I've never had a woman hit on me ever. I've never had a
0: man hit on me in real life until I went into this. It was always women. So much to the point where I was bailed up in a toilet one day by this woman. And Stop she was, it. Like, I was like, look, I'm, I'm flattered, but I'm strictly deeply." And she was like, why would you be? I can do so much more for you. She has a point. And then my friend walked in. She's like, how does this always happen to you? I was like, I don't know. Like- but you exude sex. I
1: have to say, you are you exude sexuality. I, Even walking here to the studio, men were looking at you. They were. And I, I, I
0: clocked lots of men checking you out. I did not. I did me off for
1: that i don't notice that uh, i know you you exude this, this confidence this sexiness and it's yeah really i think hot. it
0: comes across with women too because i'm much more comfortable with women so i think women were hitting on me because i was flirting with them did all you the ever time go there? because women are beautiful yeah i never did until we went into this world
1: into the sex world yes in into, the,
0: into these kinky swingers clubs and then i kissed a girl and i was like did you like it i kissed the girl and i liked it this is amazing what have i been missing my whole life i was like oh i get it now <laughs> did you have an orgasm with a woman yes how and do you like, is it is scissor a thing or is it no well that was just that was fingers and right and, playing okay. and, and going down on me oh, One of the hottest experiences of my life tell well, me was, tell me the first time i went down and a girl didn't really know what i was doing subbed in ben because he knows what he was doing but was ben just sitting there watching yeah um who else was watching Another girl. Right. So I was going down on this, this girl. This is getting
1: very steamy. I'm uh, sorry
0: to, just... I'm the producer is trying is are, China? Are <laughs> okay. Is Paddy well, pa- okay? <laughs> so I was going down on this girl, couldn't really do the job properly, was feeling nervous. Ben got her there. And then this other girl you, that we were well, playing. My, right. Right. Um, so it's just Ben and first girl That I went down on, got down there beside me, and talked me through it. Oh my god, it was hot as shit. This is the kinkiest thing I've it was heard. Hot this as is shit. way kinkier than my. And now d- we're great friends. She's one of my best friends. I can connect with people physically. Ben, actually, which again goes against everything you know about men and women, Ben needs more of a connection than I do. So I don't want to date. Men need other connection people. way
1: more than women need right. connection, and that's the biggest myth, isn't it?
0: It's the biggest yeah. myth. I don't want to date other people. I'm happy to play with them at parties. I'm happy to have awesome friendships with them that we catch up with every now and then. Ben likes to date people and build connections. How with do you cope with that? The it emotional connection hard. would upset me more. That's, that was the issue yeah. I had. And I, I spoke to him about it. It's like, I would prefer you just playing with people and then not having connection. So when we would go to parties and I would see him sort of connect with somebody on like a bit more of a level of you're hot, I was like, I feel threatened by this. I would feel threatened too. And it's taken us a long time to get to the point now that when I see him connect with someone, it's like, yes, because it it gives me pleasure seeing him have that connection with someone. And I have absolutely no concern about the threats. How did you get through that bit? Lots of talk, lots of talk and lots of time and just taking it one step at a time. And then I guess the realisation that after all these chats and all this time, that's it, it doesn't affect our relationship. In fact, our relationship is often stronger coming out of these parties. Yeah, I hear, that a, I hear so that a lot. I hear that a lot
1: from people. It can go both ways, can't it? It can go it either can. way.
0: So it, it depends why you're doing it. So we yeah. were doing it, when we first started dating, we were three dates in and he was like, look, I have... And he's a
1: vet, isn't he? You met on the yes. horse yet. You met on the racing track.
0: He was like, this is something that I want to explore. He was exploring it with his previous partner, but it was... the. Power dynamic was a bit off there she was allowed to play and he was not he was allowed to kiss with her blessing
1: right oh, um, <laughs> don't bother just don't bother if, don't you, don't bother. It, if you don't want. It, if you don't, if yeah, if you can't do it, don't bother.
0: So with me, when he, we started dating, he was like, "This is something that I want to explore." So on our third date, he gave me the Ethical Slut to read, which is a great book. You who, should definitely who, read
1: it. Yeah, definitely the Ethical Slut. That sounds. Yeah, who the wrote Slut? that?
0: And it's I forget. It's these two women get the audiobook. It's hilarious. Okay,
1: the Ethical Slut. I can relate.
0: It's so good, and it's all about healthy communications and ethical non-monogamy. So like if. Which is always
1: the buzzword these days, isn't it? it?
0: That's the difference. Like Ben and I are open and I have literally seen him fuck other people and it's amazing. It's like your own personal porno with your favourite person (laughs) in it. But if he did that behind my back or was even talking to someone that I didn't know about, that would be cheating and that's a no-no and that's a massive issue in our relationship. It's the communication that goes into that. So they can still be cheating in this lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just, it's there's less of it because now he's like, absolutely. she's kind of hot. Would you mind if I talked to her? I was like, no, no yeah. let me go get her number. And would you sleep with her as well? Depends. Like it depends if you have these yeah. connections with people. So. Most of our friendships have probably started with me, actually. So I'd sort of build connections with people. And then I just don't have the heart that he has. And I don't have the time for relationships like he has. So isn't it funny? It's all been the other way around. Right. Yeah. He went on a date a few weeks ago with one of our good friends. love her. I've been on dates with her and her partner so as well. So what did they They're do? Amazing. Did he say I'm just. They, they went
1: to dinner. They went to okay, dinner. Okay. That would just... hurt me. Yeah. You've obviously done a lot of work I've Done a lot yourself. of work
0: early days. It did hurt me. And the first time, the very first time he went on a date without me, there was all this discussion coming up to it. And I was Did you know who it was? Yep. Super anxious about it. He rang me on the way there. So we talked through it on the way there. I was at work and I got home late. And when I got home, he had my pajamas out for me and the bed turned back and like a note written for me telling me how much he loved me. And then it was just a date and he would be back to me. And I was like, oh. I feel better, and then he rang me as soon as he left the date, and we we discussed about it, and that was. Did they have sex? No, that was again just a, a normal, uh, like the interstate. emotional intimacy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that took a lot of work to get through that, but the last date that he went on, it was great. I was exhausted. I stayed home, and played PS Five. While he went on a date, I was like, <laughs> he's way more sociable than me. I was just Harry Pottering at home. It was brilliant. Are you worried he might fall in love with someone,
1: or that, that, was, that someone might fall in love was with the him?
0: Problem. Early days, now not so much because now I feel like I've finally gotten to that conclusion that his love for somebody else wouldn't detract from his love for me. On a logistics level, it would be hard if, and we will, and we've discussed this, that it will be issues when he is separating his time for another person. And I feel like that's impacting my time, but we haven't gotten there yet. Like Our relationship is so strong and we love each other so much that it's just even welcoming somebody into that with that amount of love, I don't see happening because it's just logistically too hard. But- Yeah,
1: I love your attitude Libby and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you as well because I love the fact you're so open-minded and you just don't give a shit what people think why do you think that is do you think it's from your upbringing and the trauma you've been through yeah and
0: just same I I think that's why I'm the way I am too what people's opinion is of me isn't actually my business 100% they can have their opinion and they can do it I I unless you read the
1: Daily Mail comments which I do not read yes I do
0: not read don't do it reading through my my negative Twitter comments because Twitter is just Vile. the arsehole of the universe. Yeah,
1: I used to love it. And now I just, I, I have an account there. Yeah. I have 69,000 followers or whatever. I don't use it. It's yeah. such a shame because I, I'm not mentally strong enough it's to hard. deal with the, the vitriol yep. against me sometimes.
0: So I've got the settings now set to, I will only get notifications of people that I follow comment. So I only follow nice people. So it's only people that support me. So I was going looking for those negative comments. What were they saying? What kind of stuff were they oh, saying? Just the normal shit, like just a whore getting her tits out on the internet, or five dollars, or talking about my weight, or like my belly, or just god, unbelievable. Phases. And it's just it's so hurtful. It is oh, so, so hurtful. hurtful. And you can pretend it doesn't, you know, yep. other people's business, and you want to be the bigger woman, and it still hurts. So Ben would just confiscate my phone. It still hurts, doesn't
1: it? It still. I remember one comment: Samantha Rex is getting a bit chubby
0: how also with your history what the fuck dude i was
1: anorexic growing up i think as a result of family stuff Yeah. yeah and i think you know Women have a complex relationship with our bodies.
0: Absolutely, and then you magnify that by getting on the internet in a sexual way because then everybody can comment on your body. Well, they and think your they sexuality. have free reign to it. Yes,
1: and it's so interesting because you've come full circles and you were crying on the floor because you put on eight kilos, seven eight kilos, and now you're taking your clothes off and yeah. f- you're feeling empowered from it.
0: It's funny. I get fans asking me to see my. So say belly. I'm also not allowed to say belly because Ben says, says who. Ben, right, Ben, because he says that I use that negatively. So I'm allowed to call her my stomach. I'm right, allowed to call her I love my that belly. you label her. Right, I'm self conscious about her, and so many fans want to see photos of her. And I was like, Do you sell them? No, because I was, should. It's something that I'm self conscious about, no. and it's it's funny having this as like. I can show you my boobs. I don't want to show you yeah. my belly.
1: <laughs> There's something quite removed from our boobs. You know, they're yeah, sexual. Yeah. But tummy is very intimate, isn't right. it? It's very intimate. <laughs> you know, I worked that out, though, in the sex industry, that I would be, you know, things I would be self-conscious about, stretch marks, so like men didn't even notice. Love and it. they don't care. And even when I had an escort agency, the most popular request was for mature, curvy women. They love Amazing. curves.
0: Isn't that how, like, the sex industry can change your perceptions of things? Because we are just fed this media bullshit of yeah. like what an archetypal perfect woman is supposed to look like. Yeah. One of my best friends went through this recently because she is beautiful, fit, has been dancing for years and didn't quite make that step to being a – like getting on stage and being a stripper – and an amazing pole performer. And then she finally did it. And she's always been self-conscious about the size of her boobs. She was she was very fit. So she didn't have much in the way of boobs. And she got on stage and she started dancing and started interacting with these people. And she was like, I want to get a boob job. I'm like, we will no. pay you not to get a boob job. Yeah, And she's like, People love them. It's yeah. I thought I wouldn't need to get a movie Yeah. Job. Like it's it's been mind blowing for her. Anything goes, you yeah. know,
1: as long as you own it yeah. and you're confident within oh your body. God. You should see her dance. She gets right. this look
0: on her face and she's gonna devour your soul. Like she's just the she sexiest fortune. thing. Ever. The sexiest thing yeah. ever. Yeah.
1: Good for her. <laughs> Good for her. I'm happy to hear that. And how's your relationship changed with your body mainly since taking your clothes off?
0: It's definitely gotten better. I obviously still have body hang ups that what just are your body hang-ups seriously. My stomach. Okay. You're my bad enough thighs? to have lipo,
1: your chicken thighs um, what's wrong my, with your my, chicken my th- chunky thighs. thighs? Oh, your chunky yeah. thighs. Okay. So
0: I, I'm just I'm just a lot chunkier than what I would want to be. Um, but at the same time, I'm also not going to the gym. So I can't really be like Life's so hard. I'm so fat because I like eating. But you're food making and good and money go from
1: the legit, way you look, so. you know.
0: Yeah. So and whatever you're
1: doing is working.
0: And if yeah, it's it's just little things like that. And every now and then I'll be like, you know what, I'm I'm kind of digging what I'm seeing today. And then the next day I hate it. So it's just I don't that think that's
1: so common for women relationship with our It's so have. complicated. Yeah. I mean, I've had five or six boob jobs, you know, and it's ne- I'm, I'm having them reduced soon. Yeah. It's never and probably then I'll Are get you, you excited. Reduced. You know, I am. I am. I feel very self conscious at the moment. Like even in the summer, I didn't wear bikinis because I felt too self-conscious. So I just think, I just want to, you know, they're they're the biggest you can go in Australia at the moment. And it was my decision to go this big. Men don't care. Men didn't give a shit. My clients (laughs) didn't care. You know, they just, I think they were more worried that I wouldn't like them. But now I've had them for two years. They're great. You know, they've done their job. They've done their job. And now I'm out of the industry. I want them a bit small. I don't want to be so big titty for me, for my body frame. I'm doing lots of Pilates. My body shape's changed. And I You're don't so want
0: to be, fit. I, I, well, <laughs> so fit. Oh,
1: thank you. I work. You know what? You have to work bloody hard, yeah, again, don't you? You have to so, work bloody hard.
0: Or you can embrace your stomach and eat cheesecake
1: and make money from it because you've got <laughs> the OnlyFans account. I don't. Why did you stop? Because I was too shy. Because I wasn't. Overtly sexual, yeah, and my okay. pictures were so tame; it wasn't worth it. Yeah, you know, and it's just not me. I'm not. I'm not that kind of person. I can. I can talk about the sex industry. I can talk about men. I can talk about relationships and connection. You can have when that it comes one-on-one
0: to, connection with people, but am
1: much better one-on-one.
0: Yourself to the world. I can't do. it yeah. I find
1: it incredibly hard. I get incredibly shy. Believe it or not, I am actually quite shy. About I can stuff see that. Like, Stuff like that. Um, so it made me laugh when you said you have sex worker friends and then the two camps, the yeah. Australia 180, which I am, and then the Free Fall. And you invited me to yeah. a sex club. Yes, please come.
0: Oh you my God, I love all my friends. <laughs> they are the uh, love, best. Love? love bunch as in love, love? As in love, love? Love. Also, the girls are hot as shit. So, I are mean, they really? Yeah.
1: What about the guys, though?
0: The guys are also hot as shit, but the okay. girls are just divine. Okay. Uh, I love
1: women. I wish I was a lesbian, to be honest.
0: Me, too. How? Although. I feel like living with us would be tricky.
1: Yeah, you couldn't do the period at the same no, time. No, imagine that. I remember I was in the dog park once. I was talking to a lady, older lady, talking about men. And I said, oh, I think in my next life, I'm gonna, I want to be a lesbian. And she came really close to me. And she said, what about this life? And I was like, <laughs> okay, mental note, do not go to this dog park again. That I was like, you? Well, I was flattered. It's the first time a woman's come on to me. I was kind of flattered by that. Okay, kinky requests from your racing fans.
0: The racing fans are quite tame. I do do uh, like a dirty chat with them. Um, what? And I had one guy. One do you guy, get a horse in your nose in there? One guy was just all racing in your nose. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was so good. My OnlyFans is two camps as well. So I have a lot of guys on there that are racing guys and they honestly just want to talk racing. They just want to and talk look at racing to a yeah. girl and they get to look at boobs as well. But it's, it's having that connection with someone and being able to yeah. chat with somebody about racing. And then you've got the guys that are a little bit more sexual and then I've got a few like guys that have come on there for the kink side of things as well. So I did a spanking tutorial with one of my girlfriends. <laughs> well, It was actually flogging, but believe it or not, or oh, you would have noticed, did you notice the banned words on OnlyFans?
1: No, there's because banned, my business partner set it all up.
0: There's banned words. You like can't what? type flogging. Flogging is a banned word.
1: Because it's violent, I guess. Is it that I don't know? I mean, maybe they were worried that men were going to flog women on there. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know.
0: But in the kinky world, flogging is just a different type of whip.
1: Okay, so, that's news to me. I didn't yeah. know that. My
0: there's only fans so need to much that. to teach you. Okay, yes,
1: yes, <laughs> yeah. And I thought we were going to talk about horses, but yes, there's so much to talk about. Coming out in the press, I read about you, going from being a a top female jockey to having an OnlyFans account, that's controversial.
0: It is. It's controversial because racing is old school. That's actually interesting because I didn't really encounter much sexism in the sense of hindering my riding ability, but there's quite a bit of sexism around if you're one of those girls at the track.
1: The mother or the whore.
0: Yes. Right. And I would pride myself on not being one of those girls, mostly because I just hated the men and I didn't want them to touch me. So I managed to get that moniker without it having an issue. The sexism around being that sort of a girl at the track. And people knew me as the straight-laced, straighty 180. I didn't even drink until I was in my 30s. So didn't Really?
1: Yeah. Just sheltered upbringing, really, did
0: you? I mean, not really because
1: you were exposed to so much yeah, trauma. I think,
0: yeah, I think I was just aggressively not wanting to be my mother and she was an alcoholic, and all these different things and like got abused and men were shit. So I was like, all right, I just won't touch men pity I'm not a lesbian I won't drink I won't do these I won't do that so you wanted to
1: be the opposite yes right
0: and it it took a long time for me to learn that I can do things like enjoy alcohol and enjoy sex and And you're going
1: into some form of sex work now
0: right and that took a long bit of work for that to be a positive reflection on who I was and not this this negative connotation that I had growing up that took a fair bit of work to get through that and then everybody sort of like we said earlier watching people try to understand the fact that they know me as a person. They know me as Straighty 180 and now I'm getting my tits out on the internet. Did you lose um, any friends? No. Work colleagues? No. People were obviously talking behind my back. Oh, they love to do that. Yeah. They love to do that. But again, that's, that's nothing new. Like when I was riding, I'd get rumours of like pregnancies and god knows what else like it's just like at one stage there was two rumors going around about me one that i was a lesbian and the other that i was pregnant so i was like a pregnant know, lesbian gotta make up your mind right. guys like so you can't win people you are can't always going to talk behind yeah. your back and, and so. like we were
1: saying everyone's a hypocrite yeah. you know and that's what i can't stand it's a double standard it's yes being judged by people who are having affairs snorting coke at the weekend right. yet they judge you for yes. working in a oh perfectly god. legal profession yeah and owning it. And I think when women, strong women, own their bodies, it's really frightening for people. It,
0: it, it definitely And women. Is. It's frightening for some it's, women as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think that's about? It's societal conditioning. A- again, coming back to good girls versus bad girls, and it's a it's a form of control. And bad girls I, are way more fun, right? <laughs> good boys have good fun though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Look, I'll take any boy at the moment.
0: I haven't had a boyfriend. You need to food. come yeah, to our parties. I'm going to introduce you to so many amazing. Oh my people. god! I will get my boobs out for that. I will get my amazing. boobs out. It's easy to tear down a woman for what she is sexually and her figure because. We're sort of conditioned to believe that that's all we've got mm. to give to the world. So if you can take that away from a woman, then you've you've dealt her a blow, and that's exactly. what you're trying to do. So <laughs> yeah. it's again, they're low hanging fruit. It's nice and easy to do that. But. I
1: love the I love the way you describe it like that. Would you ever go into sex work? You sort of dipped your toe in a little yeah. bit, and and we were talking earlier that you've spoken about it with Ben. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Well, when I started this, I was like, oh, babe, am, am I a sex worker now? He's like, yeah, you are. I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, with sex work, I know because I have this connection with Ben, which is why I I like playing with people. And I like playing with people that I have a connection with. And I like chatting to people and I like running around and talking to people, but I'm not sure I could manufacture that if I'm just meeting up with somebody.
1: Could you have sex with someone you're not attracted to? No. Okay. Well, that's the bottom line.
0: Yeah. We go to all these parties and I do a lot and thoroughly enjoy myself doing that, but I don't have penetrative sex with other people. Right. So oral? Yes. Right.
1: On people you're not attracted with
0: necessarily? Yes. Okay. Okay. And I don't know why that is. I was single for eight years before, Ben, and it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I've actually been sexually attracted to people. Cause I just, I thought I was asexual for a long time as well. I've had dry spells of years and it hasn't been an issue. So it takes a bit for me to be sexually attracted to someone. And I'm just sort of entering into this world now. It's like, I want to make out with you and I want to put your dick in my mouth and I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to go down on you. So this has been <laughs> really. You're way too kinky to be a sex worker. <laughs> <laughs> way too kinky. But it's like, yeah, going to these parties and having these connections with people and just strutting through the club butt naked. I That's love one of it. my That's, favorite you, things. You
1: have to be such a confident person to do that. And you've obviously come a long way. I've come a long way. And yeah.
0: these parties also, they allow that. Like it's it's a safe place. It's hilarious because I can walk through this club butt naked with a gag in my mouth and my hands tied and get have no issues of anyone touching me or anyone doing anything untoward. More so than what I would down at the pub. Like how 100%. many times are you down the pub and you've had dudes grab your ass at that? You send. Hundred percent. This is and that's one of the things that we love, and I think one of the things that I love mostly about kink is that it's so heavily based around consent and boundaries and boundaries yeah. and that control which I quite enjoy
1: I completely relate and when I became a sex worker that's when I learned boundaries
0: yes that's when I learned that's, that feels like a, a like a hard job to learn boundaries on I had a bad experience
1: yeah and I learned a lot I don't regret that I was sexually assaulted and yes sex workers can be sexually assaulted of course um and that taught me so many things I mean i had been sexually assaulted before in my life yeah but I just muddled through. I had no one to talk to. I couldn't talk to my mom. couldn't talk to family, yep. Talk to my best friend. But when I became Samantha, that's when I learned. That's when I had the confidence to say no. And yes. I, I, I no, full stop. And that yep. was it. Full stop. Full stop. There full doesn't stop. have to There's be an that, And that's I a just good message no. for women. Yep. You know, you don't have to explain why it's you don't want something. It's a for
0: women because, again, we are, not learned, we are not taught that.
1: Yeah. Take it from us girls. Say no. And that's enough. That's all you need to say. That's it. That's all you need to say. But yeah, it's funny because sex work, you know, or kink or or whatever, they teach you so much about respect. So
0: much about respect. And I love our people in our community and I love the consent around that. And like, there's people that want to play with me, but I'm not attracted to them. like, So what would you say? I just, no, thanks. And that's fine. They don't bring it up again. And we're just friends. We're just, he just knows Mm. that I don't want to play with him in that way. Future wise, what does that look like for you, Libby?
1: Taking more clothes off? Are we going to see more of your body? I think so. Yeah. Great. Okay.
0: So I like I haven't done the full nude on
1: the OnlyFans yet. Fifteen dollars, isn't it, to yes. subscribe? You should put it up to fifty dollars. Right.
0: Yeah. So I think when you do that, though, you lose all your current subscribers. So I can't. Oh, do change. you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now
1: look after those. Yeah. Bread and butter. I've,
0: I've had people that have been with me for the months. There, like, there's some guys on there that are. Uh, there's one one guy on there that I adore. I love him, and we mostly talk Lego and Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about this industry. People have no idea, do they?
0: Most of it's just chatting.
1: I remember the first day on the job for me, my best friend went, What was it like? Yeah. And I said, I've got a really good recipe for lasagna. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remembered. One of our friends has just started escorting. He's gone on his first no, he's, I think he's been on three Ooh, dates now. A male escort. Yeah. And he's um just watching like he sent me his like his his caption, like his article and what they wrote about it. It was like, oh, it's so salacious. Really? Like yeah,
1: okay. See, women, I I wrote an article for Daily Mail recently, women go to to male escorts purely for sex.
0: I was going to go to a male escort when I was younger because I had so many issues around sex and so many issues around control that it's like, I'm going to pay a man for the sex and he's going to teach me how to do the sex and then it's fine and I check it out.
1: Yeah, it, I, I booked mine and chickened out too. I actually left, ran, I fled because oh, I was, no. I, yeah, I was, I was talking about that when I interview a male escort, but I fled.
0: Have you uh, seen on Netflix at the moment, Good Luck to You, Leo Grant? Oh my God, I love that
1: film. Oh, I cried. I, I, cried, I cried my eyes yes. out. It's an excellent, with Emma Thompson, an excellent it's the best. And it's, it's really deals with sex work sensitively. Yes. So at last, yep. you know, sex workers have been, and you're a sex worker yep. really of kind, aren't I you? I take it. Exactly. You are.
0: You are. Oh, hold on. Tell me about the problem that you had over with control all your life. Where um, did that come from? Do you well, think? just from feeling out of control as a kid and being in situations where you don't have the control. And also with the role reversal with my mother and sort of stepping into that parental role with looking after someone that couldn't look after herself. You, had to grow up, you grew up pretty quick. grew up really quick and, and grew up with a sense of control around that. And I had my younger sister and I took on like a, a fair role with her until she stayed with her dad as well. So it's just, yeah, it's all... Being about which is also probably why I was drawn to kink, because there's so many aspects of kink that are controlled because kink at its real core is just a power dynamic and an exchange of power. The same with
1: escorting. You know, that's exactly why I wanted to get into it.
0: It's it's not about sex. It's about that power exchange.
1: It's about a power dynamic. And for once I was taking that power power back. I was taking the power back. You know, I'd been sexually assaulted before in my life from the age of thirteen, from a builder. I always felt like I owed men something yeah. that I didn't know how to be, I didn't know how to behave, even yeah. when I lost my virginity. You know, I was so drunk and he took advantage. I was only 15. How old was he? Uh, he was my age, but his his – yeah, it was a really toxic situation. You don't have we holi- to justify no, it. Was, yeah, exactly. You're right. And I feel I need to justify Yeah, it, you don't. But I don't. Nope. We fif- I was 15. I think he was 16. We were on holiday in Italy. He got me so... I'd never drunk before. He got me so drunk. And the next thing I knew, yeah, you know, he's on top of me. I thought that was normal. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a voice. I didn't, couldn't talk to anyone about it. Couldn't talk to my mum about it. So for me, sex work was about power.
0: Taking the control back. Yeah. And I feel like I've got that now. Yeah. Whereas I was the opposite. And I was so in control as a kid that I like to give my power to Ben. In our dynamic, we have a 24-7 DDLG dynamic, which is Daddy Dom Little Girl. Um, <laughs> so I'm like really cutesy with him. Which is Whose idea was that? It just kind of happened, to be honest. We just kind of fell into these roles. He's a very caring type. So he's sort of comes under the bracket of, like, Daddy Dom because he's very caring and he looks after me and he takes on caretaker role and and just – I love that because we all want to be looked after, don't we? Right? Yes. And I, for once in my life, was able to be this adorable little person that could just, like – Be looked after. Yeah, be looked after and be a little bit bratty and if I want to, I'll just draw all day. So Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's what you never got to do as a child, Yeah, isn't it? So I get to relinquish that control to Ben, which is what I got out of that, but also – when I play with other people, another good thing about the kink world is that you can have these amazing sexy scenes where there's no actually sex involved because it's more about the role play of the power dynamic and what you are doing in that scene is what we call it. So when we go to these parties, I quite often will top men. So if I'm playing with other people, I am the dominant person, whereas I don't get to do that with Ben because he's my dominant. So when I'm with him, I'm cute to submissive. And when I'm playing with this person, I am standing on his nuts.
1: So <laughs> maybe I can't believe you're actually teaching me uh, Australia's most high profile escort some sex <laughs> tips. This is fantastic. It's going to be amazing. This is, yeah, this I going to take you to one of our parties okay. and you're
0: going to learn all the kinky things. I, yeah. I
1: have to leave sex work to do podcasts to learn about kink. Yes. I love it.
0: And tell me about your business now. Well, I've got my early fans. I've got my business on the ground. I'm working every day on the ground. Before I came in here today, I was at Warwick Farm treating horses with my post electromagnetic field therapy. So every Monday I'm at Hawkesbury. Every Tuesday and Friday I'm at Randwick. Every Wednesday and Thursday I'm at Warwick Farm and Hawkesbury again. And I also have a girl that works for me and she okay. covers Warwick Farm as well. So I'm doing that every day of the week. Um, And you've got a tipping website? And then I've got a tipping website. What's the website called? It's called LibbyTips.com, just straight to the point, because obviously I've got my finger on the pulse of the racing and I'm paying attention to all the racing. So the Libby Tips is easier with less of an interaction with me. So I'm just putting them out as emails. It's all my suggested plays and you get an email to your inbox and it's done. It's nice and easy.
1: Sign up for some good tips.
0: Yeah. So again, it's a subscription sign up for your only
1: fans for some good tips.
0: That's exactly right. <laughs> also, Sorry, it's could, I, more I, I, of the connection. You need to come be my marketing manager. <laughs> yeah. We can
1: discuss that. <laughs> Libby, thank, you. thank you're, you. You're an absolute joy and you're just beautiful inside and out. And I just love meeting women like you because you shatter stigma. And I, I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. And I know that you get trolled and I know you get judgment. And I know exactly what that's like. But you just keep, be true to yourself no matter what. So Thanks thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.
0: Thanks for listening to Exposed. If you enjoyed this episode, there's plenty more to come. Episodes are released fortnightly and hit follow so you don't miss out. And for more goodness from your host, visit the show notes.